Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Thank you for checking us out once again. This is another edition of Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, if this is your first time checking us out, make sure that you pass the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We're here every Tuesday night. Uh, make sure that you follow us on all socials. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, <laughs> Instagram, Snapchat. You name it, we, we're everywhere. As we do each and every Tuesday night, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, I won't be doing the show alone tonight. We got the boys back in the building. Uh, my man, BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's good? What's good? Brother Kyle. Brother Kyle, what's up? We got Q, Q with us out here. And yes, sir. Kid? Got our boy Q, the sixth man, uh, checking in. Q, what's going on, Playboy? Yeah, man, just... Relaxing, drifting through a couple of salty Raptors fans. You know how it goes. Just a regular. We are. Uh, I don't know what to say. I guess let's start first with last night's game. Uh, at the time of this recording, uh, we witnessed game. What was it? Game four of the Western Conference semifinals between the Golden State Warriors and the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Uh, it was the first game back for Steph Curry who was injured, as you know, uh, he had not played. I don't think Curry's played in like three weeks, I think. Yeah, about um, roughly two weeks. Okay, roughly about two weeks with with sprained MCL. So yeah. for those of you that didn't see it, I don't <laughs> I don't know how you could have missed it, but, you know, some, some, some of us on the East Coast probably went to bed early. Um, Steph Curry doesn't start the game. Uh, the plan was for Steve Curry to play him uh, roughly 20, 25 minutes uh, last night. Well, if you're watching the game, your boy um, Livingston, Sean Livingston, gets thrown out of the game. We're going to talk about that, too. He's thrown out of the game, and so it forces them to pay, play Curry a lot more. Curry ends up with 40 points. He scored 17 points in overtime and propelled the Warriors to victory. They now lead the series three games to one. Incredible performance on the heels of winning today, winning the MVP today, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, I personally, I fell asleep during the third quarter. <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the fourth quarter. So I saw the fourth quarter and the overtime. And I, I just kept telling myself, like, yo, you can't go back to sleep. You got to watch this. And, and that game, and for those who watched it last night, that game didn't go off Eastern Standard Time almost until, like, 2 a.m. Um so let's start right there, man. Ken, I know you were up because I saw your tweets this morning. Um, <laughs> you were begging for them to finish the game so you get some sleep. <laughs> so obviously you didn't get much sleep last night like me. Um, your thoughts on Curry, man, and what the Warriors were – what Curry was able to do yesterday, last night. I want to start by saying I'm so disappointed in the in, in the Blazers. <laughs> um, yeah, you were, I am extremely – You were going to at Dame, at, at Dame Lillard. <laughs> he deserves – all of it. He was absolutely terrible for three quarters. He wants to be Steph Curry so bad out there jacking up threes left and right and was not making a one. He had a great close to the game. Right. Um, and he, he almost pulled it off. Damian Lillard trying to do his Curry impression, it didn't work. Curry got hot, and for a while they were going back and forth, and it was cute. And after a while, the MVP did what he did, man, and he got hot. Not only did he get hot, and I think part of it is is that he got hot, but I think the crowd. There are some people that you cannot talk to. We right. saw this happen with Wade. 
the guy in the in the purple shirt was talking <laughs> the about guy. Wade Wade. And we know what happened after that, right? Wade Wade sent him home. Wade put the Jordan face on him. The same thing happened in Portland. They were talking crap to Steph Curry. He's going to get motivated. He's going to get into the game even more. And once he did, it, it, it was a wrap. And he hit. He made the Blazers look silly. It was absolutely horrible. Um, and, and Kerr was just absolutely on fire. We've seen him do this before. We've seen Clay Thompson get hot like this before. Um, it was great. And, you know, I understand that he hasn't played in two weeks. I understand that he was forced into a situation that he wasn't prepared for. Um, but he's a champion. He's an MVP. And the man's going to go out there and do what it is that he needs to do. And um, he responded to the challenge. He responded to the challenge of not only the game, but to the fans that were talking crap to him. And he did what we kind of expected him to do once he started hitting shots. You know, and it was it – was, look, I'm not, I'm not wowed like America is after what he did because we've seen – Oh, him. I am. <laughs> I'm not, man. We, we've seen him do stuff like this before. It's not that right. impressive to me. He's done this before. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's, it's Curry being Curry. So I don't understand why people are so enamored of Florida and, and just 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 basking in the glow of what of Steph Curry. This man is a great basketball player who's done great things like this throughout the whole season. <laughs> and I'll be honest, he made the Blazers quit. He flat out made them quit. And they just packed up their bags and they went home. And it was absolutely pathetic. And I hope they learn from this. It was great by Curry, man. And and I think that um you know, we saw why he was the MVP last year. He did what MVPs do, and he basically put the Blazers to sleep. What, what about you, B? Uh, did you stay up and watch the game, or did you catch it this morning? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I stayed up to like about maybe seven left to go in the third quarter, and I and I tapped out. But you know, when I watched the highlights, when I watched the highlights, um, you know, of course, this morning on my way to work. Yeah, I'm, I'm like Ken. It's like, okay, you know, Curry is doing what Curry's been doing for the past two seasons, so I don't understand why I completely agree with Ken. I was like, I don't understand why people are so like, oh, my God, this is like the Jordan flu game and da 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 and stuff, and it's like, uh, really? This Curry, this man hit 402 three-pointers this season. He's doing what he's what he's known to do best. But, um, yeah, I thought – it's, it's amazing, Ken. Um, you just talk how you, how down you was talking about Damian Leonard, how poorly he played. Where the game before that, game three, he played like excellent. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's amazing how the tables can turn in, in one game, like literally. So I thought, yeah, Damian Lillard. I don't know what was. I don't know was he just trying to. He was basking in the competition <clears throat> of Stephen Curry, and like you said, he was trying to be Stephen Curry, and it just wasn't going his way. Uh, you know, and maybe because he was at home. You know, you sometimes. I think he had a little bit of a, a little home, you know, home court pride, can to kind of be like, hey, let me let me show, let me let Steph Curry not show me up on my on my court. You know what I'm saying? I think he had that played a little. As a hooper, you know, if you're playing on your home court, yeah, you, you're going to kind of take more or do a little bit more than normal, you know, when you when you're balling just in front of your home crowd or whatever. So I think Damon Lillard got kind of caught up in that as well too, Ken. Kind of kind of give him a little bit of credit, you know, but because it's like we was just praising him. Game three, and now it's like we can't really dog him out for game for just having this type of game. I mean, just, um, Golden State was lit him up. He just wanted to respond. You know what I'm saying? At least, at least he showed some fight. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes some other superstars don't show fight. At least he was showing some fight. So I can respect that from Damian Lillard. But um, yeah. I mean, once I saw the highlights, I was like, and you know, and see, this is another thing too. People always get on, you know, like that game when Cleveland hit. 25 three-pointers and how they felt like it was disrespecting just because LeBron and them was celebrating just a mid, just a smidge bit. Man, look at Curry. Curry was showing so much. <laughs> if, if that was LeBron just, doing that, people would have been like, oh, they taunting him. Why are they doing all that? Why are they doing all that extra stuff? Well, we've been seeing Stephen Curry been shimmying all season. Even Barack Obama, <laughs> Barack Obama even noticed him. So it's like, why, yeah, why? yeah, yeah. President Obama, Obama did notice that. Yeah, Golden State get a pass, but Curry up there shimmying and dancing and stuff. But as soon as LeBron, <laughs> was, 
know, and I, you know, I'm not, and this is, I'm not like a LeBron fan. I'm not like FIFA with LeBron. So it's just like, y'all know I'm a Clinton diehard. Shots but fired. It's like, yeah, it's just like, man, come on now. Like, why, why y'all, let, let, let them celebrate. Let all them guys celebrate. If they don't, if they hot, if Dwayne Wade's hot and he pointing at his hand and stuff, let them celebrate. That's not disrespectful. If it's disrespectful, you need to stop them and play defense. Play defense and don't let them hit all them shots. So, yeah, man. But I, I thought the game was amazing. I think just from what I saw up to the third quarter to then when I saw the highlights, I, I was like, wow. I, I kind of I hate that I checked out. I wish I would have stayed up and fought and, and, and watched that overtime performance. Cause, yeah, that was amazing. That was some good stuff. That was some. It was some great basketball. But, you know, to compare it to, like, other – you know, great performances we saw. I mean, it's like, come on, y'all. I think people get so caught in the moment, man. Q, you get caught in the yeah. moment, too, talking about some Portland, <laughs> Portland and six. I'm like, come on, Q, yeah. stop. You, you're getting yeah, caught Q, in the moment. Q, Q, we, but, got, we got a drug test, Q. Yeah, man, I'm like, come on, Q, you're getting caught in the moment, man. But uh, overall, I thought the game was tight, man. I thought it, it was just it was just some great basketball. I love in, I love playoff basketball, man. This is what this is this is why we watch the playoff playoffs because of games like this. Exactly, exactly. We got our boy Q to six, man. Uh, one half of the dynamic duo from off the bench. Off the bench. Uh, he's filling in the night for he feel, he's filling in the night for FIFO. Tell him uh, what Q, you man. What you was up last night, man? What, what what's your thoughts on last night's performance by Steph Curry? Oh man. Uh... First off, let me clarify Portland in six, by the way. That wasn't just some, like, oh, I tweeted that as soon as I saw, oh, lay up by 10, let's get it. No, I said this on off the bench, that if Curry was hobbled and he could not really give his all in these next couple games, give me Portland in six. Because I think CJ and I think Dame can outplay Klay Thompson and Sean Livingston. I just think they could have did that. But we saw that Steph Curry came back. He balled out. We gave him a 40-piece. And it's probably going to be theirs within seven. I just want to defend my brother Damian Lillard for a second because Ken is just going way too hard on the man right now. And I just think, <laughs> Go ahead. That, I think that what he did in the fourth quarter was, yeah, it was pretty bad. All right? I'll give you that. But – just the fact that they're here and they've been in two games, two close ones at that, makes me respect that team so much more. You have to look at the way that the team is constructed, who, who they have, the talent that they don't have. They have people like Alan Crabb and C.J. McCollum and all these, like Ed Davis, all these random guys. They have a bunch of weird pieces and weird cogs that are coming together, and they're challenging the, the uh, Gold State Warriors. Now, what I think is going to happen is in the near future, they're going to acquire more talent, and they have a foundation under Terry Stotts to, if not this year, push them to seven. They will be Golden State's kryptonite come very, very soon. I'm not saying that they'll beat them in the coming years the way that Curry and Clay are playing, but the way that those two guards in Portland are playing right now and the way that they can mature so much more, Damian Lillard still hasn't perfected his defense the way that he needs to be. CJ's defense is non-existent. As you get older, those things get better. And as they get older, you're still going to see their offense get so much more next level, and their defense is going to get way better. So I think that in the coming years, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Portland. That's all I'm trying to say. And in the coming years, you will see a manifestation of this round light a fire under them and give them the motivation to want to go at Golden State even tougher than they are right now. So what was your thoughts on, on Curry's performance last night? Curry, man, I mean, that's just the standard. He's he's a fantastic player. He's the MVP. I mean, I can't circle jerk, you know, any more than everyone else in the ESPN has already done. He's amazing. He's probably the best shooter on the planet. He's probably, if not the, the best, and he's behind Kevin Durant as top two scorer in the NBA. Uh, it makes his teammates better, and you see that even without him, his team can still do some things. But with him, they, he makes them that much better. And respect to him, he's the MVP. I think I don't want to I don't want to become a prisoner of the moment, but I will say this much: Curry had, like B said, he's had these type of games. Um, but I think the thing that made last night special 
and what made it so interesting to me, even staying up. And I was hurting the day at lunch because I was tired. But um, I think the thing that makes made last night special was that if you ever played a sport, I mean, a sprained MCL, you know, your MCL really deals with a lot with your lateral movement. So going into the game, I wanted to see how Curry was going to be as far as like, not so much as his lift on it, because he doesn't need a lot of lift on his shot to get his shot off. I was interested to see how he was going to be running off screens and guys and stuff like that. And I, I tweeted out early, I was like, yo, he has that bounce. Like, he, he didn't look like he was – I, I kind of expected him to be favoring his leg, uh, but he looked fine. And, like, midway through the fourth quarter, like, you almost forgot that he was hurt. I mean, he was just – it was, it was crazy to the, the shots that he was hitting and, you know, the playmaking. Like he had one time where he came off a screen, <coughs> excuse me, and they tried to double team him and he throws the ball left-handed to Draymond and Draymond finishes and dunks over Plumlee. I mean, just crazy, making plays for his team. And, and like you said, Golden State is a great team, but they're that much better when he's out there. And I think last night was just fun. I thought he was, I thought he was incredible. And that's the thing, like don't diminish now, you know, I heard people talking about, you know, was it Jordan's flu game or, you know, like LeBron when he went video game LeBron for 25 straight points. This was Curry's moment. You know, every every superstar has that playoff moment. For Curry, this was one of his. So I think we have to, you know, treat it as such. Uh, I, I, you can't compare, I don't think you can compare it to Jordan or, or, or LeBron or anything like that. But this was his moment. And I think what we have to understand is that, I mean, like, it's unreal for somebody – nobody had ever gotten 17 points in overtime. Most teams don't even get seven – most teams don't get 17 points in overtime, let alone one player. So, I mean, he was incredible, man. And, and I think, you know, he probably kicked himself for missing that, that shot, you know, heading into overtime. Um, but, you know, last night was – you know, he really proved why he is the MVP. Um, Steph Curry, as many of you know, um, was named the MVP today. <coughs> Excuse me. That didn't come as a surprise uh, to most because most people knew that he was going to be named the MVP. What the surprise was was that he was named the unanimous uh, MVP. 131 votes. All of them, all first place votes were for Steph Curry. The interesting thing about that is that nobody else in NBA history has ever been voted unanimous MVP. Not Jordan, not Kobe, not Shaq, not, Wilt. not AI, not Wilt, not Magic, not Bird. You know, so this never happened before. So B, I'll start with you, man. Was Were you surprised to hear that he was the unanimous, you know, MVP? And why do you think he was unanimously voted as the MVP? Um. Yeah, I was... I was a little surprised. I mean, just the fact that you would have think you would have thought someone would have voted, you know, had a vote for Westbrook, would have had a vote for LeBron, you know, maybe would have had a vote for well, not really for Chris Paul, but you know, just because they, <coughs> you, know, you would have thought, you know, just for you know, especially Russell Westbrook having a triple double season that he's had, you know, that he's had and and right. everything. Yeah, I was a little surprised. Um, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, for me, it's cool to always witness history stuff that's never happened before. When it's involved in any sport, you know what I'm saying? Rather if it's the, you know, see, trying to see the Patriots go undefeated because I've never seen an undefeated team in my lifetime. You know what I'm saying? So just like stuff like that, I think it's cool for for, um, for Stephen to make history. You know, add on to that historic, um, you know, season that he's already having with him hitting over 400 plus threes and winning 73 games, you know, this season. So, you know, it's... It's, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. I, I'm, yeah, like I said, I am a little surprised that he, you know, was unanimous. I was just like, damn, did nobody else get a first place? You know, someone thought that besides Stephen Curry was be, no. but you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not gonna cry and whine about it and say, oh, the NBA is is rigged or it's fake or it's watered down. <laughs> you know, I mean, just in the grand scheme of things, you know, like when. When 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 Jordan won it, or when the other guys in the '90s won it, how many like super superstars were in the league? Like, I mean, you know, you make an argument that you say it's watered down, but you can name how many superstars is in the league now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can probably count 
on your hand. You know what? To be honest, B, I don't even know if it's necessarily watered down. I, I heard Tracy McGrady make like, a because if you to make a point about that, I think you have super, just super many superstars, superstars now. Yeah. You know, it's about the same amount, you know what I'm saying, as it is now, almost, if you just, like, count them off of superstars. You can make a case that that there's just as many, if not more, superstars now than there were back in 1995. Right. I mean, literally. Yeah, Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I don't understand why it's watered down. Oh, well, it just shows how watered down the league is if if Stephen Curry is unanimous, you know, know, um, MVP. So, you know. It is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, hey, good for him. Good for him to make a history, man. Props to him. I think I tweeted that earlier today, man. Mm-hmm. Shout out to, you know, Stephen Curry for making history, man, being the anonymous guy to get a MVP, you know, to beat MVP, get second in row, third point guard in NBA history to get back-to-back um, uh, MVP, can, you know, MVP votes. So, you know, shout out shout out to him. My thoughts on uh, him being unanimous are very simple. Um, I think that Stephen Curry is phenomenal. I think that he's exemplified the leadership to be not only a point guard, but a player in this league. There's a difference. And I think that him being unanimously selected shows that it's not a matter of watered down. It's a matter of him rising to the top of all that. It was really a foregone conclusion that he was going to win MVP. I think that's what pretty much everybody's saying. Like I said, I think the shocker was that he was unanimous MVP. But I don't think that that was much of a shocker to me. Like, who else are you going to select? Who else had the season that he's had? Who else has had the performances, the games that he's had? Like, everything. Like, who was going to be that one guy out of all the voters to vote against Steph Curry? And I think really, if you really look at it, he had he has no haters. I, I think that's what it boils down to. Nobody right. really hates Steph Curry. People hate in the league hated Jordan. People there were people that hated LeBron. Um, and you can go down the list. Hated Kobe. And Kobe, right? Yep. Nobody disliked Curry right now. You know what I'm saying? So I think that plays to his advantage. It makes it easier for him to to get a unanimous uh, vote. Curry and the Warriors get away with a lot of stuff that most teams won't be able to get away with. When you go on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, that's all people are talking about is Curry, 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 Curry. Like people love this dude, and it's it's great to see because you know we've witnessed the hate that we've seen people play. And I'm not saying that there are no Curry haters. I'm saying that I don't see many of them, if any on my timeline. And it's kind of, it's welcoming to see that because we've seen people hate against LeBron and and Kobe, Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, you know. So it's kind of nice to see for a change that people just really love a guy. No, it's funny to me because wasn't at the beginning of this season, this was supposed to be quote-unquote Anthony Davis's breakout year. And he's not Mm -hmm. even in the playoffs right now. Uh, you got guys like Paul George, Anthony Davis, guys who are supposed to make the next step, like Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. We'll get on them in a minute. And yet there's just this 6'2", 6'3", I think he's 6'1", honestly, from what I've seen. I think he's like a 6'1", point guard out of Davidson, who just looks weak and looks frail, but he's pulling up from 30, 45, and he's just – dropping all these three-pointers on everybody. He shouldn't be doing this. But I think that his MVP signifies the next chapter in NBA history. He is a product of what the NBA has become. I, on off the bench, often talk about how referees are watering down the game, and they make the game slower, and they make the game much longer than it has to be. You know, a guy will push a guy, and they'll call a technical foul. It's just basketball. Calm down. Stephen Curry is the antithesis of what 90s basketball is. He is all finesse. He is all don't touch me. I'm just going to pull up and walk back the other way. And for him to get a unanimous MVP shows that there is a changing of the guard from the go in the paint, take your lumps like AI type basketball, iso ball, to being the I'm going to just pull up. And I think that's what he signifies at the NBA. And I couldn't disagree with more with Chris Webber because for you to beat out Kevin Durant and LeBron James and don't even get a vote, that shows that you are not only the best of what you're doing, but it shows that people recognize it 
and it's backed up with not only stats but just eye tests. I think um, I, I agree with everybody. I think, uh, and I, I actually really agree with Ken. I think he won unanimously, and I and I was surprised because I, you know you, when you think about MVP voting, and I don't know why it hadn't dawned on me before, but I think it was. And Ken, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. LeBron won it in 2010, and he was one vote short of winning it unanimously, but some writer voted for Carmelo. Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony, of all people. Go figure. Um, but like I said, you know, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think what happens is, is that I think it, it speaks to what Ken said. People like Curry. I mean, I like Curry. I'm not a, I'm not a Warriors fan. I'm a Hawks fan. Um, we're not going to talk about that, but that's another story for another day. But um, but I like watching him play. And I think what people can identify with Curry is the fact that he's an underdog guy, wasn't heavily you know recruited. He didn't come. He wasn't a McDonald's All-American. He wasn't this guy. And he's made himself into – he's a little guy that made himself into a big household name. And he's got a cute family, and he's a family man, and he's got cute daughters, and you know, so it plays up to that narrative. He's, you know, I guess religious. I guess I don't know. Um, so people like Curry. Um, I'm, I will be interested to see how long they like Curry, but don't get it twisted. Don't let the the babyface looks fool you. Don't let you know the nice guy. Steph Curry is a killer. I mean, he is a killer, and he's going to kill you. He's going to talk trash. He's going to stunt like he stunted last night. You know, if he gets a chance, he's going to dance like B said. He's going to shimmy. You know, it's it's not anything disrespectful, but he's going to have a good time. I find it interesting that a league filled with players that most fans will say, oh, such and such is a jerk. You never hear anybody say Steph Curry's a jerk, you know, but he plays with an edge. Um, but he deserved it. He deserved the MVP. Uh, if you did not know, he won MVP. Uh, second in the voting was uh, Kawhi Leonard. LeBron finished third, uh, I believe. Uh, Russell Westbrook finished fourth, and Kevin Durant finished fifth. So, <coughs> excuse me, that's your top five. In the other playoff series, man, let's take it back to the East. Um, the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat. Uh, other than seeing a resurgent Dwayne Wade, this series has been crazy, man. It's tied 2-2. They're headed back to Toronto. Um, Dwayne Wade was shooting shots and pissed off half of Canada because he was shooting shots during the national anthem. Yes, um, he Kyle Lowry and and DeMar DeRozan have gone. I don't know where their games have gone. Um, <laughs> B, what do you think about this series, man? Uh, the way Toronto's been playing, well, the way... <laughs> Toronto's guards been playing. I'm surprised this series this series is two two. Um, I'm surprised Miami's not even up by three one at this point of the series. Right. Um, and you know they was able to get this W without uh, Whiteside. You know which was which was huge because you know and I don't, ain't no telling how long he's gonna be out. Um, he's day to day, but they don't know. Yeah. But see, you know, big bit was it his knees, right? Is it his knees or ankle? I think it's his knee. Yeah, see, and yeah. dealing with a big guy like him, you know, tall centers and stuff that put a lot of, lot of weight on them knees, man. You know, you don't want to. Sometimes you don't want to go, you know, risk it and then have him try to come back against, you know, they play, they advance and play Cleveland. Have him try to come back and play Cleveland, and then he, you know, mess around and he now he's out and got to do surgery and be out for you know six to eight months or whatever. So I don't know, man. It, it was huge that they took got this win without him. Um, not a Going back to Toronto, I think I think this is one of those things where whoever wins this, I think whoever wins this game is gonna go ahead and win the series. Not just because of the you know the numbers say so. I just really think going. In, I think if Miami can get this win in Toronto, mentally Toronto is done. And then they are gonna come back to right. they gonna, I be, if they if Miami win against in Toronto in Game Five, I won't be surprised if they blow them out in Game Six. You know to close out yeah. home. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But um, yeah, it just shows that Miami, of course, with the with led by Ken's boy Dwayne Wade, they are just mentally tougher than than, than Toronto. So, you know, I, I I still got them winning it just because I can see 
how the NBA going to play this storyline out against, you know, Miami, Dwayne Wade going against his former teammate LeBron. Mm-hmm. LeBron's coming back and playing mm-hmm. in the conference finals against his old team that he won, went to the finals four straight times. So, you know, I, I, that's the reason why I want to see it. I mean, if they play Toronto, nobody's really – the storyline, no one's really interested in that. We want to see Miami advance. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that series, like I said, this this game, what they play tomorrow, it's going to mm-hmm. decide – Who's gonna win this series? But just right now, man, DeRozan and Lowry, they you cannot have them in the best backcourt duos, man. Because yeah, they might play good together in regular season, but you you make your legacy in the playoffs. And if you playing no this trash in the playoffs, you can't be considered as like the top three best backcourt duo, you know, in the league. If you up here, you know, looking playing like this, playing like crap. In these the games that matters the most, which is the NBA playoffs. You make your name in the NBA playoffs. You build your legacy in the NBA playoffs. You cannot continue to play at this level, you know, if you're gonna be so called the so you know, the so called superstars on your team, you know, in Kyle Lowry and Mars and Rosen. So I don't know, man. It's just I still don't think Toronto can pull off. Like I said, I'm surprised this is tied. I just I was Knowing the way Toronto wasn't playing, that this was going to be a three-one series right now, going up <coughs> game five. But you know, we, we'll see. We'll see if this going. It's definitely going six. So we'll see if this going. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're gonna see if it's gonna stretch out to seven, man. We're gonna find out. But my pick is Miami. Man, um, let me just get a couple more real quick. Uh, when it comes to the Trash Brothers, um, the Trash Bros, uh, Demar Derozan. <laughs> And uh, Kyle Lowry, um, they're just not good in the playoffs. They're just truly horrendous in the playoffs. I can hear the keyboards typing right now. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I do know what I'm talking about. When every time DeMar DeRozan gets the ball, he has to bring it up the floor, he gets plucked. And yet Dwayne Casey continues to give him the ball in crunch time so he can shoot 8 to 11 bricks He's building a house every single game. Kyle Lowry gets his talent stolen by the Monstars. I, I, I don't know what happens in the, in the playoffs. And at this point, I'm willing to put Lowry on the bench and ride Corey Joseph because Corey Joseph can at least knock down shots. And Dwayne Wade is such a phenomenal player that he's willing this team to at least seven. I have the Miami Heat winning this in seven, and that's simply off the strength that the Raptors are scared to death. The Raptors shit their underoos every time it's two minutes left in the game, and they're either down one or it's tied. They don't know how to execute. They can't execute because DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry have fallen such so far out of my good graces that I used to consider them stars. I don't even consider them stars anymore. They are so fraudulent in the playoffs that what they do in the East is simply a product of the East. They're good players. They're not stars. Corey Joseph is maybe a notch below Kyle Lowry, and that's saying a lot. So when I see DeMar DeRozan talks about how he's going to the Lakers, yeah, you shouldn't do that. You should get all the money that you can get from Toronto because they will be the only ones stupid enough to pay you that $80 million that you're going after. And that's and, what's crazy is that DeRozan is struggling right now. He's 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 a, he's a free agent as soon as this season ends. He thinks he's going to L.A. and going to be the savior. Luke Walton is on the Warriors. And I pray to whoever is listening that if you are in the Lakers organization, do not give that man that money. If it is for a bargain, take it, because I'm not saying he's not talented. But he is absolutely fraudulent in the playoffs, and it's annoying to see. And that's why, by the way, check out that rant I gave about the Raptors. Uh, yeah, she was hilarious. Yeah, it came up uh, on the YouTube uh, last night. A lot of people were very upset. But you can't be upset when your team performs like this, and yet you have people running around pro- proclaiming you all the six gods. You all are playing like trash, and you're calling yourself the six gods. Stop it. This series is going seven. I have Miami winning this. I think it's going to be at t- Toronto. If Whiteside can come back for game seven, it's definitely going to be uh, a blowout because they do not have Jonas Valanciunas. And without 
Whiteside, they demolished them in the paint the last two minutes. Dwayne Wade took three straight field goals to him, to the rack. Plucked, I think it was Kyle Lowry. No, no, it wasn't Kyle Lowry. It was DeMar DeRozan. He plugged DeMar DeRozan the last 30 seconds of the game, took it in for a two-hand stuff. And Casey's on, on the sideline. He's looking like, no, you shouldn't look like that because you continue to give him the, the ball, man. You continue to give DeMar DeRozan the ball, and he cannot execute. These guys are frauds like none other to the highest order in the order of Stephen A, the way he would say it. And I'm just done with them, man. Like, they don't have to prove something to me because they just look horrendous in the playoffs. Well, he has Joe Johnson on the left shoulder, and he has Luau Deng on the right shoulder, and he has Goran Dragic on his hip, and he's carrying them boys to two wins should have been three. That's exactly what Dwayne Wade is doing right now. He took over that game um, last night. And wait, not last night. The other, wait, no, yeah, it was last night. He took over that game and and basically got a win. And they couldn't do anything with him. Like the last possession, I, he literally just drove right to mm-hmm. yeah, and finger rolled it in, in in the basket. No resistance at all. Like it was absolutely pathetic <clears throat> defense, pathetic effort by the um, the Raptors. And I recall when the Raptors lucked up and won that, that game that Wade put up 38 points. And um, I, you know what? I won't say lucked up. I, I want to say lucked up because Kyle – but I don't want to say lucked up simply because Kyle Lowry, he had a good game. Right. But the reason why I say they lucked up because that was the only good game he had. <laughs> you know, and people were proclaiming that he was back and that all you need to do is just have a good game, this, that, and the other. Right now, that has proven to be an anomaly. And, you know, this series is just Joe Johnson, Luau Dang, and Goris Drogic, and Josh Richardson um, away from being over in six. You know, if they play to form like they have before coming into the playoffs, like they did against Charlotte, um, this would be really no contest. Dwayne Wade is beating the Raptors essentially by himself. And as soon as he gets any form of help from Luau Deng and Joe Johnson, this series is over. You know what, though, Ken, is um, I think we all need to recognize one uh, component in this uh, entire uh, just series right here that we're not really talking about. And just shine a light real quick is can we just talk about for one second how huge Justice Winslow has played for the Heat as a rookie, think about this. You're 19, 20 years old, and your coach is putting you on the floor in overtime of the semifinals and trusting you to guard man up and switch. And he's trusting you to know when to switch. He's trusting you not to foul, and he's trusting you to deliver. And there are not many rookies besides maybe him and Miles Turner this year in the playoffs who have come through like that and have shown the defensive instincts to deliver on a game-to-game basis. And I just wanted to talk about that for a second because Charlotte passed up on him for Kaminsky, and I will never let Jordan live that day. It's weird watching Toronto, man, because I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I don't watch a lot of Toronto basketball, um, but watching DeRozan and Lowry struggle, and I remember in game one, I saw Lowry passing up shots. I mean, these you got to keep in mind these guys are two all stars. They were they were in the all star game this year, and to see them struggle the way that they have, and you know for the better part of the down the stretch of that game last night, uh, DeRozan was on the bench. In fact, DeRozan didn't come back in the game until Lowry fouled out, which was bugged out. So, um, I think Miami is actually going to win this series, especially if D Wade. I don't know how long D Wade can keep doing this. Uh, but like Ken said, he's put him on his back. Uh, last night he didn't get a lot of help down the stretch. Um, you know, I thought Joe Johnson. You know, when they got a lead, Joe Johnson played well. But Joe Johnson, he ain't gonna shoot when they're down because he don't want that pressure. Um, but D Wade, man, he was vintage D Wade last night. And if he can do that, uh, you know, I don't think either team stands a chance in the next round. But 
um, it looks good for them. It looks good for Miami. Real quick, man, what Ken, what did you make of what you saw with Cleveland or what you've seen from Cleveland? Um, is it that they figured it out, or do you think it's a product of them just really kind of feasting on a bad competition? I think it's a little bit of both. Or both. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's okay. both. Detroit inexperience, but they played tough. They played physical. Um, they gave the Cavs all they can they can handle. Uh, the Hawks were basically uh, they rolled over like they they always do uh, when they play LeBron, and they only pretty much put up a fight in the last game, and that was because mm-hmm. the Cavs finally started missing three pointers. Um, they were extremely hot from three. Nobody's ever seen this before, but I got to give Tyrone Lue a lot of credit. After I read what um, what Paul Millsaps uh, said after um, <laughs> after they went home, is they really wanted to beat this team. They came in thinking they could beat this team, and they did something completely different from what they expected. And um, and and that that's on Lou. Lou came with a different strategy, and Bud never adjusted to what they were doing. And I think what Bud Bud's idea. And I read this. Buzz's idea of saying we're going to stop LeBron and we're going to stop Irvin and we're going to let Shannon Fry, a knockdown three-point shooter, and Kevin Love, a three-point shooter himself, shoot threes all day? Like, I can see you not believing that much in Kevin Love based on the way the season has went for him uh, from for three-quarters of the season. But Shannon Fry. Uh, what are you thinking? Like, come on. Like, and they're going to right. find these guys. So, and they're going to find all of the shooters. So I thought that that strategy and the hoping and waiting for them to cool off, like the Hawks thought were, was ultimately going to happen was a poor strategy. And he never made the adjustment. He continued to never get uh, at the three point line. At some point you got, you have to say enough is enough. And shout out to Charles Barkley, man. And he said, look, at some point, you got to take a brother out. <laughs> I loved it. We've talked about that on this show at times. That it, you know, back in the day, that if it got to a certain point, you bring in your goons and you send them after somebody. Uh, you don't tell them to do that; they just know to do that. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's their job. That's their role. Exactly. That that's all it is. So you know. Uh, it wasn't the right thing to say. You don't want to encourage something like that, but you know, it's always this understood rule, like it is in in baseball. If you hit my guy, I'm gonna hit your guy back, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Hawks, man, they they just were overmatched. Look, I, I I was telling Ryan, Ryan, I was listening to off the bench talking about they had the number one defense, you know, in the second half of the season, and and Jeff Teague and and uh, Shumper couldn't cover Corver, who was who has been terrible this season, by the way. So it's not like he had to cover him much. Anyway. Um, couldn't cover Horver. Teague was was going to give them fits. Man, all of that stuff means absolutely nothing when the Cavs are playing the Hawks. They are more talented. They're far better than them, and they have LeBron James, and the Cavs have no one. And I mean, the Hawks have no one. So they right. were overmatched before the series even began. So you can just toss stats out the window because they don't apply when it comes to the, the that that team. They just really don't. They you know and um so that I, I think so I think the Hawk the Cavs were extremely hot. I think they absolutely had no respect for the Hawks. Absolutely none. And and they showed it and that's why they kept shooting. They just totally you know, excuse the French, but shit it all over the Hawks, you know, for four games, you know, and, and, and that was pretty much it. What I did find interesting when I thought about it was that the way the Cavs are shooting the ball and the way Portland attacked the Warriors, I'm kind of wondering if they happen to meet, could we see something similar? Um, but that's a conversation for another day um, because it really was about the three ball, and that's how Portland has been able to kind of maintain um, and stay in this, this uh, in in their games a lot, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Now to the second point, I think that, and then I'm gonna wrap up. I think that they do have a lot of confidence right now. This team was bored throughout the regular season, and they were waiting for the playoffs, and they're kind of getting into form. And and that that game, that Brooklyn game, where they lost 
apparently Tyrone Ty, uh, Lou lit into the team and cursed everybody out. And from that point, you know, they've been playing better. Um, I still think they're they're uh, subpar on defense. I don't like their defense um, at all. And I think that a, a better team like um, the Warriors or OKC or even the Spurs could give them fits and probably even beat them. And I still don't think that they match up well against the Warriors right now. And I don't really see them beating the Warriors. But as a team, they're playing far better than they have been in the past. They're extremely confident. They're utilizing uh, love at the elbow. And um, they actually drawing up plays for him. And Lou told love. He said, look, tell LeBron that you are that dude. He told, he said, tell him, remind him that you were a bad motherfucker in this league. I tweeted you guys this. And, mm-hmm. and Love is responding. He's been he's been a different guy in the playoffs. So look, I know everybody want to point to the fact that it was the the Pistons and it was the Hawks, and that is very very valid. Um, and we'll see how they perform when they play. They have a better the, fight though. Heat. Yeah. Huh? Put up a better fight than the Hawks. Oh yeah 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 y'all did. Um, yeah, it it looked way better than the Hawks. Y'all actually had chances to win the game. <laughs> The Hawks had none. Atlanta, man, blow it up. Blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. Because from what I've seen of Atlanta this year, they look like a middle-of-the-road team. They look like they can overachieve at some points. But just blow it up, man. You will never get past this Cavaliers team or Miami Heat team or, you know, any type of team that has a LeBron James on it because you don't have a superstar yet. Either you have to make some trades Trade for Carmelo. Try to get a Paul George here. You know, try to get you know a Chris Paul or a Blake Griffin to come to Atlanta. But it's not gonna happen. Not in this lifetime when you have Horford, T. Corver, and Millsap and Bazemore as your starters. It's just it's just not gonna happen. Kyrie can take T to the hole by himself. He don't need nobody to stop. You got. Your defensive cog left last year, Demar Carroll. He signed with the Raptors in the offseason. And what makes this really damning for the Hawks is that they had the best defense, apparently, according to Ryan. I never believed in that, but um, apparently, it was, <laughs> apparently it was statistical. So they had one of the best defenses, and they got exposed in the playoffs. Man, they did not choose to compromise their scheme for getting out and contesting Channing Frye. They were so scared of Kyrie and Love and LeBron that they left the role players open. You can't let the role players beat you. You you have to play a team like that straight up everywhere. You can't let LeBron beat you. You can't let the, let the role players beat you. You have to make it tough defensively every time they try to get, even get the ball. And they were just letting Channing Frye get wide open threes. Kyrie was saucing him. But I will say this. Funniest part of the whole series was when Kevin Love got destroyed by Chris Humphreys with that weak-ass crossover. That was the most oh hilarious shit I ever saw in my life. <laughs> that was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, <laughs> keep Chris Humphreys this offseason just for that alone. Pay that, man. But other than that, man, I'm disappointed in the Hawks. Blow it up or try to get a superstar. That's the only way you're going to make it to another uh, Eastern Conference Finals, let alone even dream about making it to a Finals. Cavs seem to be clicking, man. You know, let's just not hope something happened on for your Cavs fans to where you know Kyrie get a freak accident, hurt hurt his knee or hurt his ankle, or Kevin Love hurt something. You know, let's 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 see they can build this momentum and this confidence. That's one thing. Yeah, you can say, yeah, they beat the Pistons, they beat the Hawks, but sometimes with these type of wins, it builds confidence. You know, and and if you, if you can go into the conference finals. And in this finals, with confidence and believing that you guys have a chance of really, you know, uh, putting a damper on the Warriors, you know, special season, then hey, I, you know, they can all do it. Let's let's not forget, you know, when LeBron made it to the finals last year, you know, he he didn't have Kyrie in love, and he still pushed Golden State to to games. You know what I'm saying? So I'm pretty sure in the back of LeBron's mind, he's like, look. I just need my guys to stay healthy. I need to go into this NBA Finals with my team fully healthy and 100% healthy and ready to go. And I believe we can, we can, we can do it. Like you know, that's that's gonna be LeBron's you know state of mind because you know, like I say, he felt short 
They were just short of talent, but he still, you know, they almost gave LeBron a freaking NBA Finals MVP because he just had such an amazing effort, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and the stats was crazy. So just imagine now he got some help, and now, like Ken said, <coughs> Kevin Love is being reminded that he can go out there and, 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 you know, play like almost like he did in Minnesota. You know, Kyrie Irving is starting to, you know, get get him and, him and LeBron trying to get that, that good chemistry going on. So, yeah, man, I think, you know, Cavs, you know, and Tyrone Lue, and, and we, we're going to find out if this was the right decision or not. If they can win championships, we can say this is probably the right coaching decision for, you know, for, for the front office to fire uh, David Black and, and, and let Tyrone Lue go ahead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, you know, if you if you Cavs, you, you still got to be feeling good. You got to have good confidence going into this next round and possibly the finals, you know. So, like I said, it built that. You know, they, they, they got physically tested. Maybe not so much as on the skill tested, but they got physically tested with the Pistons because, you know, a lot of those guys was not backing down from Stanley Johnson to KP to Morris. You know, a lot of those guys was not backing down from – from the Cavs. They did not care if they was the number one seed. They was pretty much playing with house money and they had all the confidence in the world. They was just inexperienced. That's it. And then, you know, Atlanta, I just, that's just, they just, they kryptonite. If they even got to play Cleveland in the, in the years to come, they might as well just go ahead and forfeit all that, that series and just don't even play because it just seems like <laughs> they played Cleveland in the, in the, in the champion, I mean, in the playoffs. It's just like, dude, they just, you know, sit down and fold. I agree hundred percent. I think, um, I think I think Ken made a good point. I think uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think anytime you win, you can draw something from it. So they can. I think Cleveland is going to be able to draw from these victories that they've had over the uh, over the Hawks and and the Pistons. Um, but I I think where they may be a little because they haven't been tested. Yeah, they've played in some close games, but they haven't been tested. And I think Atlanta's defensive strategy was awful, and they never made it. Like Ken said, they never made any adjustments. They basically went off the premise of we're going to keep LeBron and Kyrie out of the paint. Well, if you keep LeBron and Kyrie out of the paint, you're gonna you're gonna open up these guys for three point sh- shots. And uh, if you look at most, I would probably say eighty percent of the shots that the Cavs took as far as three point shots were wide open shots. So I mean, guys who can halfway shoot the ball well, the Channing Fries, Kevin Loves, the, the uh, Shumperts and uh, J.R. Smiths of the world, they're going to knock those shots down. And that's not, again, that's not to take anything away from Cleveland, but I think when you move into the finals, you're not going to have, and, and we saw the same thing happen against Cleveland, between Cleveland and Atlanta last year, wherein J.R. Smith, those guys, they had wide open three-point shots in, in, the, in the Eastern Conference Finals, but when it came time to be in the finals, those were now contested shots. So their shooting percentages went down, and those shots that they were making, all of a sudden they weren't making. And now, you know, LeBron's looking at them crazy, like, well, you guys were knocking these shots down before, and now you're not. Now let's move on to the other series, which is actually going on right now, uh, Spurs OKC. Um, Ken, how do you see this one shaping up? Dog, I really have no idea. Um, I would personally, I love, I love, I love San Antonio. I love Tim Duncan. I just think a Warriors OKC Western Conference Finals will be so entertaining. Completely agree. Westbrook and Kevin Durant, they firmly believe, and they were close in all the games they played, and they just wilted down the stretch. They want the Warriors. They believe they can beat the Warriors. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I really, really wouldn't mind seeing that. I would love for Tim Duncan to get his other one, but – I think OKC might pull it out, though, man. Um, you know, it's, it's something about, like, I love Kawhi. Everybody knows that. I've been talking about him all year. Um, but I think he has another step he needs to take. And um, and you guys know I <coughs> dogged Aldrich um, earlier. I don't, I don't think he, mm-hmm. in the playoffs, he, he, he just disappears sometimes, man. He's not built like that. And um, so I don't know if I trust them against Golden State. Um, but after what KD did, uh, you know, in the other night, yeah, I, I think, man, they they really trying to get this thing oh, done. He went, he went berserk the other night. Yeah, yeah, he went, he went insane, man, and, and Kawhi couldn't match him. But I think OKC probably gonna win in a seven. Uh, I said OKC in seven. Uh, that, that's that's that's, uh, <coughs> that's my prerogative. I think it's going that way. 
But it's going six if they keep giving OKC bullshit ass calls like that. All right. Anyway, you won't trip Danny Green and just not call. All right, cool. But if we're going a fair game, then I'm going Spurs in seven. Lamarcus Aldridge has to step up. This series is going seven. I really think that um, from what I'm seeing of Tony Parker, he's seen the guy in some of his juice back. But KD wants it, man. But I just I don't want to see the Warriors embarrassed to be a Thunder, man. Ooh. Because I think they're going to embarrass them. I, I think everybody's trying to give this whole, oh, well, KD and Russ are going to go in there and they're going to fight. No, dude, no. Steph Curry is going to embarrass them. I'm sorry. The only person who I know can stop a Warriors reign like this is one man, and that's Greg Popovich. That's the only man I know who can stop him, or at least go seven. If the Thunder get into a series with the Warriors, I think it's a close five, close six, and I think that's it. I think you're the Spurs, you're, you are going seven because Popovich is not only a much better coach than Billy Donovan is, and for what I'm seeing, the Thunder, they don't have it, man. They have – Two fantastic players. But are you telling me that Deion Waiters will be a model of consistency that entire series against the uh, the Ghost State Warriors? I don't think so. Are you telling me that Ennis Cantor is going to out-hustle Draymond Green? I don't think so. I think it goes a close six, close five. It's just not going to happen. So when you, when you say that, are you talking about the games will be close? I'm thinking that it'll be like, Maybe three, like a couple games will come down to the wire, but there's going to be at least two blowouts, man. There's going to be two blowouts in those wow. five, six games. I don't know, man. All of the game, in spite of Billy Donovan, I've been the bill, biggest Billy Donovan critic on this show, uh, way before anybody. Uh, uh, as 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 deficient as he is, and I'm totally with you. I don't believe in Billy Donovan at all, and I as I definitely believe in Popovich. Um, I just and I just don't know, man. Like I just think that KD and Russ will will, will give us give us an exciting series, regardless of who wins. I, I just think it would be exciting, whether it's in uh. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't think so. Man. Something about Westbrook and KD, man. They they're gonna go for it, man. I, I don't think it's gonna be embarrassed. I think they're gonna go for it. The, they they want them boys, Q. There's they're going to go about, for it, and they're going to get got. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to go down the way I think it's going down. I'm telling you <laughs> But there's something about having that attitude, right? Like you you talked about it earlier, <laughs> Paul and, and uh, Damian, Lillard. Damian Lillard. Westbrook's not bowing down either. Now, are you telling me that Westbrook and KD are bowing down to the Warriors like that? They're not bowing down, but they will be humbled very quickly after three threes from Draymond, Clay, and Steph. The first two minutes of the game, watch. It's going to be like a 17-8 to eight game. KD going to come back with a couple threes, but they're going to be ahead the whole game. That's just the nature of the way they play, bro. I'm, I was I – was... I, I, it's hard for me to stick with my original prediction before the series even started. I, I, I predicted – Spurs and six. I, I thought okay, he was definitely going to get two games, but you know, it's looking like it might be the other way around. It might be OKC and six. You know, they just they just won game five, going back home. Yep. And that's going to be tough. That's it. That's so, over. That's going to be tough for the Spurs to go there. I mean, and, t- and Spurs are a good road team. Don't get me twisted. Don't get it twisted. This is going to be tough going back to that crazy arena and trying to beat OKC in an elimination game. So. You know, man, yeah, I, I I thought Greg popping them, you know, was going out coach and, and, and find a way to neutralize Westbrook and Durant. But, you know, right now, Thunder with the 3-2 lead. Just, just like Ken, when this series got tied 2-2, I had no idea who was going to win this series, like none. So, I don't know, man. The momentum looked like it's in OKC's uh, uh, way, so... They can go home and take care of business, you know. I picked the Spurs in seven, man. I, I'm yeah, I'm gonna stick with the Spurs in seven, but it's Spurs in seven. Yeah, I had I had Spurs in six, but I, evidently that's not happening. So <laughs> right. 
It's gonna have to go seven at this point, but yeah, I had Spurs winning this series. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Ryan said uh, OKC in five. I'm sorry, uh, Spurs in five. He was going by that first game, and I told him that the OKC is bound to give up one blowout every playoff series. Hey, you know what? Q, not to cut you off, but you can't go by that because what was that? 2012. You remember? Yeah. Remember when Spurs won the first? They I'm talking about they beat them bad the first two games at home, and look what happened. OKC won four straight. Four straight. Yeah, Steven Jackson and uh, what's his name? Tony Parker were going crazy. Yeah, yeah. And after the first two games, people was like, oh, OKC. Oh, that's it. That's it. It's not, bro. People don't understand, man. The nature of the playoffs, it is, it is so hard to just get one game. Yeah. You see the, the Pistons. You see the Hawks. They are great, good to good teams. <laughs> And they're struggling to get points. Every basket is so hard to even get. People don't even understand how hard it is. When you have defenses that are amped up, you have uh, amped up LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, these guys feed off this stuff. So when you can't get to the basket, oh, man, it's over. It's over. If your shot is off there, they smell that blood in the water. And if you played basketball in high school, you know that when you're ready to to go, can't nobody stop you. You've seen that right now, man. You've seen that. Yep. Um, so that that covers the NBA playoffs. Uh, uh, we will end tonight's show with our plo- uh, with our closing and uh, parting shots. Um, my parting shot is uh, on boxing. Um, we saw Alvarez knock out Khan. Um, you know there was rumors and talk about Floyd Mayweather coming back to boxing. Um, to be honest, there's not really a lot of fights out here. Uh, fights that people want to see. And as you all know, the, the, the price of pay-per-view is going up. Um, my suggestion is is that for people who want to see boxing to continue, find good fighters and find good fighters to watch and, and, and talk to other boxing fans about Earl who's good and who's not. There you go. See, B's a big boxing fan. So if I want to know who's the next guy, you got to ask a guy like B because Terrence Crawford, um, you know, the Florida Mayweather's Crawford, Earl Spence. Look out for them. There you go. There you go. So, you know, you know, those are those are people that you need to look out for. So I think uh boxing is not what it used to be. Uh, but if boxing is gonna continue, uh it's gotta be it's gotta be about the next wave of fighters. And where those next wave of fighters are coming from, we gotta find them. That's my part in shot. Q you got a part in shot? Yeah, I wanna give a shout out to um Captain Sneak for bringing this up uh on his Twitter. Uh, this is a Sports Center tweet from uh, April 9th. I'm sorry, April 23rd, 2009. Uh, the tweet reads: Stephen Curry declared for NBA draft. Doug Gottlieb, he says he doesn't have good God, God, yeah, Gottlieb. Uh, he doesn't have the uh, upside of Rubio, Jennings, Flynn, Mills, T. All more athletic. So. I guess I'll just say this very short, that no matter what you want to do in sports specifically, don't let anybody tell you that you're too short or you're too clumsy or you're too little because there are little guys who have made it in this league and done it even before Steph Curry and someone like Spud Webb comes to, to mind that he was a great player. And um, Stephen Curry is destroying the game, putting the league on notice. And you got people on his scouting report saying, don't know if three-point shot will translate to NBA. But meanwhile, those are the same guys trying to tell us that Jimmer was going to be the second coming of Larry Bird from three. And you see where he's at. So draft projections and draft stock and all the reports, it means nothing. Regardless of what people say about you, if you go out there, you give you 100%, you do what you got to do, then the league will be on notice because the special ones put in the work when nobody's watching. And that's what Steph Curry did. He had a chip on his shoulder, and he told everybody that I'm going to be one of the best. And he is. Two-time MVP, back-to-back. I have two, and they're quick. Uh, The first one is Draymond Green. Draymond Green has been fantastic in this series. Mm -hmm. Um, If you guys look at his numbers, my God, man, they're they're incredible. Uh, But what what my um, comment is that I, I said on Twitter that the refs are scared of Draymond Green, and I really believe that. <laughs> because if Draymond Green had did what Sean Livingston did last night, he would not have been kicked out. That's a good <laughs> point. Trust me. <laughs> the second thing is that Kawhi Leonard, man, look, you've taken leaps and bounds, man, offensively. 
you you've been that dude this year. Um, you, you, offensively, you've improved <laughs> drastically, and you're great. Your defense has always been there. Offensively, you're there now. This has nothing to do with your offensive game, but I want to see the attitude. I want to see that killer, and I think Kawhi needs to be that killer, man, that fourth-quarter superstar killer because right now he is not being treated like a superstar. He doesn't get the calls. He doesn't get the respect. Even though he has superstar talent and abilities, offensively and defensively, he doesn't get respected. I want to see him take it up another notch and basically own four quarters, go out and try to destroy teams. And I think that it's not Popovich have been getting this out of him, and I think Popovich got to dig in to get that other piece, that animal, out of him. Uh, and and that, with that, man, this dude – this dude would be unstoppable, man. He's dead. He's unstoppable now. But I think when this team needs him in the fourth quarter, there needs to be that mind shift, and he needs to channel that that inner Jordan, that that inner Wade, that inner Curry. You know, he need to be like those guys and go out and just get the job done. That's the next level he has to go to, and at that point, he'll he'll be unstoppable, dog. Like he's unstoppable now, but he'll be at a whole other level. So that's what I've seen from Kyle Wise. So that's my parting shot. All right, man, that's going to do it for us. So got to shout out Q to Six Man for filling in for FIFO. FIFO will be back next week. Um, make sure that you, like I said, if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, all over the place. You know where to find us. Follow us uh, collectively and follow us individually as well. Make sure that you support uh, Dead End Sports as well as Dead End Hip Hop. Um, that's going to do it for this week, man. So for Q to Six Man, for BZ430, Ken, FIFO in his absence, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. I'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.